Hey there, feature fans. This week, we have haunted reunions, home run spies, and life finding a way. It's the week of June 22nd, 2018, and this is episode 94 of Future Flicks with Billiam. Hey everyone, we are on the road to 100. We are on the road to the 100th episode, but this is also a special episode. This is the two-year anniversary of Future Flicks with Billiam. Well, technically the anniversary was over the weekend, but um, this, is the, this was the closest episode to it. So yay, anniversaries, two whole years. Two years, almost 100 episodes. That, that's not bad. I, I really haven't missed that many. Though I know if some of you had your way, I would never miss an episode just because I've heard I've, I've heard from some of you about how when I don't do an episode, it throws your listening schedule. And I understand that when one of my shows that I listen to doesn't doesn't post. I'm like, well, what do I do? What am I supposed to listen to on the way to work? What do I listen to on my break? Because I need the headphones in my ears. Otherwise, my coworkers will talk to me. Unless it's one of my friends who's talking to me at work, then it's cool. I mean, Robert, may, are you still listening, Robert? I just want to know. If, if you are, let me know. Drop a comment right here on SoundCloud or uh, tell me next time you see me. But anyway, let me tell you what it is I do here. I am Billiam. This is Future Flicks with Billiam. And on this show, I go over movie news, anything that caught my eye, movie trailers, anything that's aired since last week, and all of the movies coming out, which I break up into two categories. The first is limited releases. Those are usually indie movies that aren't getting a wide release and also aren't interesting enough for me to do a full discussion on. I tell you what it's about, who's in it, and maybe say a thing or two, and then I'll move right on. It's a usually a pretty quick section. And then we get into the wider releases and interesting indie section, which I, of course, give the premise who's in it and then I give my thoughts. And on top of that, I give a score, which I call the Billiams Interest Level Score, aka the Bill Score. That can go anywhere from a zero for those terrible, terrible movies to an 11 for those movies that turn it up that extra notch. And how do you listen to me? How do you find me? You can listen to me on SoundCloud, iTunes, any podcast app, Stitcher, Google Play, the uh, Somewhat Nerdy website and Facebook page. You can also get in contact with me through Twitter or Instagram at BilliamSWN. You can hit me up via email, BilliamReviews at gmail.com. You can comment on SoundCloud, on the Somewhat Nerdy website, on the Somewhat Nerdy Facebook page. Anyway, don't forget to check out the Somewhat Nerdy radio podcast and Nerds of the Squared Circle, also on the Somewhat Nerdy podcast network. That's a network. I'm a member of, and let us get out of the housekeeping and step into a segment that still needs an intro, and that segment, as always, is the news. Good news for horror fans and fans of Stephen King, and I'm both. This coming from Collider. Pet Cemetery has started filming. This is a remake of the 1989 film whose biggest name at the time was Denise Crosby, aka Tasha Yar from Star Trek TNG. Denise Crosby, who was related to Bing Crosby, 
little factoid there. Anyway, this new film stars Jason Clark, Amy Simmons, and John Lithgow. This film is currently in pre-production. They've just posted a, a couple pictures from the set, so it's way early. But this is coming out on April 5th, 2019. And hey everyone, did you see the Bumblebee trailer? Notice that while it didn't look great, it did look much better than the cancerous sh** that Michael Bay put out, those Transformers movies? Well now, an Optimus Prime spin-off is getting some buzz. Slash Film reports that Lorenzo Di Bonaventura, along with Paramount Pictures, are brainstorming how to keep Transformers alive. That's because they're so close to death. They already have a good start because the Skeletor of Hollywood, Michael Bay, has little to do with the new film. He is listed as a producer, but remember, there are two types of producers and executive producers. There are the ones who actually do something, and those people who are just given the title because they donated money or because of studio politics. Hopefully, he's just given a credit because of his involvement in the previous ones, and he will say far, far away from anything new Transformers. Moving on, in an interview with an Entertainment Weekly, Toby Emmerich from Warner Brothers says the best thing for the future of the DCEU is to make better movies. What a f***ing great idea. Good job, Mr. Emmerich. You can you sure earn a huge salary that way if you got from your cushy-ass job. How about this? You stop listening to asshole critics and DC naysayers and just make movies more fun and enjoyable. Tell a story instead of having a loosely put together plot with a focus on fancy looking action then you'll make better looking films but what the dceu needs to do is make better stories first of all and then actually tell that story and realize that it's okay if you don't try to do cg battles out of the ass but no dc doesn't make terrible movies that it's just the cool thing to hate on right now Slash Film reports that we may be seeing Lando in Star Wars Episode 9. It's just a rumored casting so far, but seeing as each new Star Wars movie, each new trilogy movie brought back an old character, it would be safe to bet that Episode 9 would be doing the same thing, and who better than the one and only black guy in the whole original trilogy? Because remember, in the original trilogy, back then, there were there's one black dude and two women. Well, two human women, because there, there were the Twi'leks. You know, not exactly sure if that counts. And please keep in mind that I said all of that as a joke. Uh, I love the original trilogy. I don't give a sh** that, that it wasn't all inclusive. Nowadays, I would expect a movie to be more inclusive. Like if there's a sci-fi movie now that had that kind of cast, I'd be like, really? In this day and age, you're doing this? Back then, I'll be a little more forgiving. And finally... Another slash film story, it looks like Ant-Man and the Wasp won't be connected to Avengers Infinity War. At least no one thinks so, or no one is reporting on it. The word right now is that this Ant-Man sequel takes place after Civil War, but before Infinity War, because why the f*** not? That is, unless Marvel has been pulling the wool over our eyes, and there will be major revelations about the buzzworthy Avengers movie. Some are hoping for answers as to how everything in Infinity War will be fixed, assuming that things won't get fixed the same way, just without Adam Warlock. And when I was talking about producing it, and Michael Bay producing, and said that Michael Bay apparently had been a producer on A Quiet Place, a movie I liked a lot. And so it really makes me wonder, is he mainly terrible when he has ultimate control? 
is that when it's really bad? Because there are a lot of movies. If you if you go to his IMDb page, I bet you anything you'll find at least four movies you like. But really, I want to know on some of these movies, what kind of producer was he? Did he actually have a say in it? Did he just give them some money? Did he walk onto the set for a day and go, oh, hey, I can help you with this. And then boom, producer credit. Anyway, that is it for the news. Let's step into everyone's favorite trove, the trailer trove. Avast and welcome to the trailer trove. So you all saw that Dumbo teaser trailer, right? It looks amazing. Not to be confused with the 1941 animated Dumbo or the live action movie from 1995 called Operation Dumbo Drop starring Danny Glover and Dennis Leary. Remember that? No, no, no. This is the next film in the series of Disney live action remakes. This one directed by Tim Burton and unfortunately written by Aaron Kruger. I say unfortunately because he wrote Transformers 2 through 4. But you know what? I will give him a chance. I am very forgiving. Like if Michael Bay, the guy that we make fun of on Somewhat Nerdy so much, if he started doing badass movies, I will easily forgive the past. I used to make fun of Kristen Stewart a lot. That is in the past because she has proven herself a good actress. I am a very forgiving movie watcher. I just want you to know that, and as should you be as well. This live action adaptation is set to come out on March 29th, 2019, and will star Colin Farrell, Michael Keaton, Danny DeVito, Alan Arkin, and Eva Green. Since the last episode came out, we also got a teaser trailer for The Nun. This is the next movie in the Conjuring universe, and it's about that creepy-ass nun. This one stars Tysa Farminga, daughter of Vera Farminga, who is in the Conjuring movies. So we're keeping it all in the family. Yay! This one looks pretty good. It was written by Gary Doberman, who was a writer on It, Annabelle 1 and 2, and is also set to work on It Chapter 2. He's also set to work on an Annabelle sequel and Swamp Thing. This movie, The Nun, which I am really looking forward to, comes out on September 7th. And finally, we have a trailer for a film called The Little Stranger. And no, it's not about a handjob from a midget. This is about Dr. Faraday the son of a housemaid who became a doctor and one day is called back to the house his mother used to work at. Turns out the once rich family is starting to fall on hard times. On top of all that, the eldest son was badly injured during the war. And what's more, they're haunted by the ghost of a little girl that just may reveal dark hidden secrets. This stars Domino Gleason, Will Poulter, and Charlotte Rampling, and it comes out August 31st, and I am excited for this one. That's actually going to be a really tough week for me because August has a lot of good movies coming out. Christopher Robin, The Spy Who Dumped Me, The Meg, Black Klansman, The Happy Time Murders. But it also has Kin. If you remember, I talked about Kin a while back. That's this original looking sci-fi movie about this kid who is running from this criminal that he wronged or something like his brother was involved in crime or some shit. Then he picked up this found this alien gun and killed some of the bad guys with it. And then now he has alien soldiers and these mobsters coming after him or some shit. Yeah, those two on the same week. So maybe it's going to be, maybe it's going to be a double feature week. We'll see. But that is it for the Trove. Let's take our first break as we listen to a word from our friends at Somewhat Nerdy Radio. Stay tuned. Are you looking for a nerd podcast that touches on every walk of nerd culture? Well, look no further. 
Somewhat Nerdy Radio is the podcast for you. We cover nerd culture, news, new movie reviews, bad movie reviews, video games, comics, with sprinkles of nerdy nostalgia throughout. Somewhat Nerdy Radio is the flagship podcast of the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. Find us on every podcast app or stream it on somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. And we are back. Welcome back, everyone. I just want to remind you, I used to say it every episode. Now I'm, I'll do it every other episode, maybe, and, you know, break it up a bit. But if I ever miss a trailer or a news story that you think I should have talked about, let me know. Going, hey, you should have talked about this. And I will go, I am sorry, person. Thank you for contacting me. I will write that injustice. I will redeem myself. So I don't have to commit seppuku with my microphone. Okay, that was a little dramatic, but you you get my drift. Anyway, we are going to go into the limited release section. Remember, these are movies that aren't hitting many theaters. Some cases, it's like literally one or two. Other cases, it's nationwide, but just maybe not as much as it should be. We start with a film called Distorted. A bipolar woman and her husband move into a -a first-of-a-kind smart apartment. She begins to notice weird things like words flashing on the TV screen and seeing things that aren't there. Her husband fears that her mental condition is deteriorating, but Lauren believes that everyone living in the apartment complex is part of an experiment, so she hires a private eye to help prove it. This stars Christina Ricci from Casper and John Cusack from High Fidelity. And you know, every once in a while, when I talk about those horror movies that looked like it was filmed on a shitty cell phone and they just thrown straight to DVD, this looks like the same quality. And it makes me really sad because Christina Ricci, John Cusack used to be top tier A, John Cusack A, maybe Christina Ricci too, A-list actor. And you know what? This movie could be good, but the trailer did nothing to show me it would be anything other than hopeless shit. That's why it made it in this section. Yay. Next movie in the limited section is a movie called Spiral. This is a documentary about the look at the rise of anti-Semitism and assaults against Jews in present day France. So, you know, just a really sobering and sad topic. Next up is another documentary called The King. 40 years after the death of Elvis Presley, two filmmakers take a road trip across America in his 1963 Rolls Royce. This film explores how a country boy lost his authenticity and became a king, while his country lost her democracy and became an empire. And oh my f***ing god, this looks terrible. This looks like, it looks like these two hipster directors wanted to make some movie about how they're not happy with where America's going, which, okay, I get that. I understand that. But they needed some sort of shitty angle, so they got Elvis's car and tried to compare, it seems like, at least by the trailer, compare the fact that Elvis quote-unquote sold out to the fact that America did the same thing. It almost seems like the trailer was implying Elvis stole his songs from black people. And yes, he did a lot of covers. Some of his biggest songs were covers. But covering isn't the same as stealing. And people need to understand that. It looks like these people who made this documentary just found the angriest people they could possibly find that have no proof to back up their claims and just threw them on camera. So this movie looks like complete shit. Next up is a movie called Boundaries. Laura and her son Henry are forced to drive her estranged father, Jack, across country after he's kicked out of his nursing home for selling pot. As the trip goes on, Jack tries to connect with his family. It may be too late for him and Laura, but he's able to get Henry to agree to help him to sell pot and get the trip off course so he can visit old friends and customers along the way. This stars Vera Farminga from Bates Motel. 
Christopher Plummer from A Beautiful Mind, Louis McDougall from A Monster Calls, Kristen Shaw from The Last Man on Earth, Bobby Cannavale from Will and Grace, Peter Fonda from Easy Rider, and Christopher Lloyd from Back to the Future. I'm going to be honest, I thought this movie was going to be my jam. Look at that cast. Vera Farminga, Christopher Plummer, Louis McDougall. You had me there. Louis McDougall, one of my favorite new actors. And I've only seen one, no, two of his movies, because he's only done three, I think. And he's amazing. But this movie looks shitty. It looks forced. It looks contrived. And I don't want to see this at all. Let's go to Damsel, the next movie on the list. Samuel Alabaster wants to marry Penelope, the love of his life. He convinces a preacher to follow him to where she waits for him. And along the way, he gets a miniature horse as a gift for her. The two set off to make Samuel an honest man. The trouble is, Penelope wants nothing to do with him, and all of the memories Samuel has about them never happened. This is a Western dramedy starring Robert Pattinson from Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire and Mia Wasikowska from Alice in Wonderland. And this is another movie that almost had me. Um, I'll be honest, it just didn't do enough to grab me. It looks mediocre at best. And finally is a movie that the Watch Your Mouth podcast talked about a couple weeks ago, actually, and... Guys, this is why you cannot trust IMDb. Because a few weeks ago, you talked about this movie, and now it's really coming out. That's Izzy Gets the F*** Across Town. A woman at rock bottom must find her way across Los Angeles in order to crash her ex-boyfriend's engagement party. Because that's a f***ing great idea. This stars Mackenzie Davis from The Martian, Alia Shawkat from Arrested Development, Haley Joel Osment from AI, Annie Potts from Ghostbusters, and Brandon T. Jackson from Tropic Thunder. And once again... We have a fantastic cast, but a movie that didn't interest me. This is the epitome of an indie comedy that tries way, way too hard. Whenever I use the term indie as a bad thing, this is the kind of movie I talk about. Well, let's take our second break to listen to a word from our friends at Nerds of the Squared Circle, and then we'll get on with the wide releases and interesting indies. Stay tuned. Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com. Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com. Hi, I'm Sam Jericho of SomewhatNerdy.com's Nerds of the Squared Circle. Join me, Snarf Chris, and the dude with the headband. We talk about wrestling and more wrestling. Do you like wrestling? Yeah! Yeah. Then you should listen to our podcast. Do you not like wrestling? You should still listen to our podcast. SomewhatNerdy.com's Nerds of the Squared Circle. Subscribe to us on iTunes or your favorite podcast app today. Nerds in the Square Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com. All right. We have four movies that made the cut, four of them this week. And then we'll get into the question of the week and, you know, end the show. But the first movie of the week that looks somewhat interesting, or actually this one looks a little more interesting, Brain on Fire. This film is based on the true story of Susanna Callahan, who one day started suffering from an unknown disease. Multiple doctors performed multiple tests and no one could find anything, each doctor coming back with a different diagnosis. Her family and friends rushed to find someone to help her as her health continued to deteriorate. This stars Chloe Grace Moretz from Kick-Ass, Thomas Mann from Me, Earl and the Dying Girl, Richard Armitage from The Hobbit, Carrie Ann Moss from The Matrix, Jenny Slate from Gifted, and Tyler Perry from Gone Girl. So this was a true story. This took place back in like 2010, maybe? I, I, I don't actually know. The Wikipedia page on this woman almost said nothing. 
I said, oh, she had this disease. Here's the name of the disease. Um, she's okay now. Spoiler alert, am I right? But what she had was anti-NMDA receptor encephalitis. And that's so much harder to say than Mikif's. So basically, it's this little-known disease that was that didn't even have a name until 2007. And it could be caused by tumors. And that is one way they can find this, going, oh, they have these tumors. Uh, it's not some normal type of cancer. What's going on? What, oh, it, it's probably this thing. Or no tumors whatsoever. So no scans will bring up anything. But just the constant pain, all this terrible shit. And then eventually death, if it's not caught. So in this film, we have Chloe Grace Moretz playing this reporter for the New York Times, I believe, who just one day starts feeling terrible and acting differently, then gets hospitalized and starts to like, quickly go downhill. I think it all was over the span of a month until she was diagnosed and cured. If, if this is even something you can cure, maybe this is something you can treat. I, I don't know. I didn't look much into this disease because... Well, we're a movie show. And if you like movies that are based on true stories, that are about a human struggling through something that most of us can, can't even imagine, then this is for you. A reason it made it past the cut is because this is a Netflix movie. Now, IMDb is saying that it's getting some theater time, but it should be coming straight to Netflix this week. So hopefully you'll be able to watch it. And for me, that is a big deal because I I am more willing to watch a mediocre movie on Netflix than I am to watch a mediocre movie in the theater, even with my movie pass, because I still need to take time out of my life and go to the movie theater. Woe is me. What a terrible trip. But now, yay, Netflix streaming straight to Netflix. We could watch this. We could all watch this Friday, theoretically, because it should be released on Netflix on the 22nd. So if you want to watch a movie with an interesting cast, if you want to see a movie about a disease that you knew nothing about and hopefully will know more about by the end of the film, then you watch this movie. If these true story, based on a true story, movies of per perseverance aren't your thing, then skip this entirely, even though it's on streaming. Brain on Fire gets a 6.5 out of 11. Next up this week is a film called Ghostland. A mother and her two daughters move into a family home in the middle of nowhere. On the first night in the new home, they're attacked by murderous strangers, and the mother fights for her daughter's lives. Sixteen years later, the daughters reunite at the house and start to question what really happened that night. This stars Crystal Reed from Gotham. And you know what? I'm kind of angry at the title, because from what I can tell from the premise, there were no ghosts in this, so don't tell me about ghosts when you're not going to have a ghost in your movie. And if there is going to be a ghost, how about you hint at that? That might sell me more on this. That being said, the movie still looked good because I, I was expecting some sort of conjuring paranormal activity sh And instead we have this Strangers-esque home invasion that didn't end as terribly as Strangers did. Well, as terribly for the main people. And then everything seems to be fine. Years later, one of the daughters, who is now an author comes back to visit the house and oh wait things are going really bad your sister's going crazy i didn't tell you everything about what happened that night and just brought up an interesting fact like what if it has to do with the ghosts of the past and th that is a really good thing to bring up like like the movie ghost story or a ghost story with um casey affleck rooney mara but that was a drama fantasy 
or City of Goats that came out earlier, or actually last year, I believe. That's a war documentary. When your movie's being billed as a horror, and here's why it's really important to note that there's a difference between horror and thriller. So I agree with her when she said that this movie seems more like a thriller. It really does. But it's being billed and sold as a horror. That's one of the reasons the name bothers me. And also, since you're trying to sell it as a horror, you're going to get a different audience. Maybe even people who will be disappointed because it's not what they're expecting. Of course, if you're a big fan of the genre, you're used to this already. You're used to a movie being called a horror, but not actually being a horror. Because if you remember, last year sometime on FutureFlex, we talked about it, what makes a horror. A horror is a type of thriller, but it very specifically uses fear to get a reaction where a thriller uses multiple uh, emotions, multiple feelings to get a reaction from you. Her focuses on fear. So Ghostland looks like a good thriller. It really does. I know some of you may think I'm splitting hairs on this one, but I wouldn't put this in the same section. Like if like Blockbuster magically comes back, I would not put this in the same section as like 13 Ghosts as like I always use as example Insidious or The Conjuring, because this is totally different. Let's get off that for a second and let me wrap this up by saying it looks good. It really does. There's no one really famous in it. I barely know who Crystal Reed is, but this seems like an interesting premise. It seems like something unique. It looks like something mostly original and I'm willing to check it out. Just not in theaters. Ghostland gets a seven out of 11. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we have two movies left and I'm surprised on what my pick is because if you've been listening to the show for a while, you know how I felt originally about the pick of the week, but let's talk about that when it comes up and instead we'll talk about the second to last movie, which is called The Catcher Was a Spy. Mo Berg, who was a catcher for teams like the White Sox, the Indians, and the Red Sox, joins the Office of Strategic Services Special Operations Branch after the bombing of Pearl Harbor and he becomes a spy for the U.S. government. This stars Paul Rudd from Ant-Man, Paul Giamatti from Sideways, Connie Nielsen from Wonder Woman, Mark Strong from Kingsman The Secret Service, Sienna Miller from Burnt, Hideyuki Sanada from Life, Guy Pierce from LA Confidential, Jeff Daniels from The Newsroom, and Tom Wilkinson from The Full Monty. I mentioned this a few weeks back because I first saw the trailer. They they held on to the trailer for this one for a while because that's what they do with movies like this that aren't going to be really big. The pick of the week, we've been seeing trailers for this for a long time now. For Infinity War, we saw trailers, teasers for a long time. For this one, we didn't. Not a lot. Maybe about a month before they started it, and it got me excited for this. I want to see this. This is my type of movie. It makes me think of Bridge of Spies, which I really liked. I mean, that movie wasn't totally well-received, but it also wasn't, you know, destroyed by a-hole critics. It, it was It was accepted pretty well. This one, though replaces Tom Hanks with another super likable actor, and that's Paul Rudd. Who doesn't love Paul Rudd? He looks like the nicest guy in the world. You just want to hang out with him. You want to drink a beer with him. Maybe even not a beer. Why drink when you're with Paul Rudd? You don't need to. You don't need anything affecting your mind with that guy. Go for a day in the park. Throw a Fisbee around. Look at the zoo and watch a f***ing elephant play with a tire. I would do something with him. All right, I admit that that was a little weird just even for me. I, I don't know why I went on that tangent, but... Hey, there we went, going where no show goes before. This is based on a true story. I'm not as familiar with it as I was with, like, um, Hacksaw Ridge, 
or a league of their own, things like that. This one I, I knew nothing about. Moberg, who the fuck is that? I mean, because he apparently was a mediocre baseball player at the same time as Babe Ruth and DiMaggio and all those people. So basically, he almost got lost in history, if not for the fact that he became a a hero. So I'm I'm really down for this. I want to watch it. But this is the type of movie that one day I will I will rent it from the or borrow it from the library. Maybe I will stream it somewhere. Maybe I'll even buy it if I see it on sale at Best Buy. And I'll go, hey, honey, do you want to watch this movie with me? And she will reluctantly say yes, because she loves me. And then we'll watch it. And at the end, we'll go, OK, that was good. I'm glad I watched that. That was good. But just like Ghostland, just like Brain on Fire, it's not the type of movie you need to see in theaters. This is something that would be good. I think it'll be a lot better than the other two movies, but this is something that's going to be good at home. Like I always say, World War II has so many stories in it that have been told, but even more that have yet to be told. Movie-worthy stories. And that is why I will never get tired of World War II films, because you can do so much with them. You can do Pearl Harbor, which, you know, wasn't the best. You can do Boy in the Striped Pajamas, which is fiction, but still good. You can do a true war movie like Saving Private Ryan and Hacksaw Ridge. You can do so much with it. And then you can do this with it. An entertaining movie with a great cast. The Catcher Was a Spy gets an 8 out of 11. And with that, it is time for the pick of the week, and you should know what it is, because it's the only movie I've yet to talk about. That movie is called Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. When the island's dormant volcano begins to awaken, Owen and Claire join a campaign to rescue the remaining dinosaurs, but the campaign isn't what they think it is. This stars Chris Pratt from Guardians of the Galaxy, Bryce Dallas Howard from The Help, Rafe Spall from The Big Short, Justice Smith from Paper Towns, James Cromwell from Babe, Toby Jones from Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, Ted Levine from The Silence of the Lambs, Jeff Goldblum from Glee, and B.D. Wong from Jurassic Park. And since it's been a while since I've done it, I just want to remind people, and anyone who's new that's never heard it, that when there's a really famous actor, especially an older actor, I will usually mention something random that they've been in instead of their biggest one. Because Jeff Goldblum from The Fly, Jeff Goldblum from Jurassic Park or The Lost World, Jeff Goldblum from Thor Ragnarok. No, Jeff Goldblum from Glee. But anyway, you guys remember me talking about this movie, right? Remember when the first trailer come out, came out and I was left cold? I was left wanting. I had no interest in this movie at all. I thought it looked just bad. I thought it looked boring. The second trailer came out. I felt the same way. The next trailer came out. I felt the same way still. I'm like, this is going to be a bad movie. And then the final two trailers came out. The last two. And it gave me hope. It actually got me excited for this movie because it told me that there's more to the plot than what was that what they were leading on. And this is why we do need to know some of the plot in a trailer. A lot of people complain going, oh, trailers show too much these days. And I agree. I agree that a lot of trailers out there show way too much. Sometimes you see the whole movie. But in this case, it was showing us it wasn't showing us enough. So when I saw the trailer, I was like, wow, this looks so basic. Why are they making this movie just to find out that there's more to it? True, it kind of seems like they borrowed some of the story from The Lost World. It makes sense, doesn't it? We had this park full of dinosaurs that was successful for a number of years. Shit went south. A woman ran in high heels for way too long, which they address in this movie. They do. I'll go over that in a little bit. And the park dies, along with a lot of people, but it, it's no more. 
So we have these dinosaurs left to left to do their own thing on this island that's now starting to explode. Now we now they ask the question, do we save them? That's you've seen the scenes in the trailer with Jeff Goldblum talking in front of Congress. And yes, they go and save the animals. But guess what? They're not just saving the animals. There's a lot more to it. Remember that crazy BD Wong was doing in Jurassic World? Well, now he's back doing even more sketchy shit. And it all, I'm not going to say comes to fruition because there's going to be a third one. You know it. You know that the story arc will actually finish. And th that's why I think that's one of the benefits of the Jurassic World series is that there's a constant story where the first three Jurassic Park movies were great. I really like them. They're always be some of my favorites, but they are basically standalones. I mean, if you don't watch one and two and you watch three, you may be a little lost. Hey, how these dinosaurs get here? Why is he so familiar with it? But you, you didn't need to. It's not like there's this ongoing story with it. But now we kind of have one with the behind the scenes things going on. What is BD Wong doing? What is what are they actually going to do with these dinosaurs? And now that we know more, now I'm excited. Now I want to see this. And now I hope more of you want to see this too. If I see a movie this week or next week, because I usually see a movie a week late. If I see a movie next week, this is what it's going to be. I still really want to watch Ocean's 8. I miss that. But hopefully this one, I'll get to see it as well. Because this is the kind of movie that will really benefit from a theater watch. If you have any interest in seeing this, any at all, you should watch it in theaters. Uh, oh, the, the heels. I forgot to mention the heels. Okay, the heels were a big deal for a lot of people. It became a meme after the movie. And so before Bryce Dallas Howard agreed to do the sequel, she made sure that they weren't going to do the same thing. So apparently early in the film, one of the first scenes is a close-up of heels as she's walking in to meet with Chris Pratt as kind of a nod going, oh yeah, we get it. We did something stupid in the last movie. And Bryce Dallas Howard assured us that her character will wear heels, but will, guess what? Maybe not run in them when she's running from a f***ing dinosaur. But ladies and gentlemen, that was Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. You may have already made up your minds. You may have been pumped for this movie since the first trailer came out, or maybe you were like me who thought it didn't look good and now you're a little more excited. If you see a movie this week, this is the one to see in theaters. It looks entertaining and it looks flashy. The perfect movie for a big screen. Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom gets an 8.5 out of 11. And with that, we go into the final break of the episode, and then we get into the question of the week and we wrap it all up. Stay tuned. There are several ways to raise money for a good cause. Some do it by running marathons. Some host high-dollar dinners. And some just do it by clever internetting. We here at the Watch Your Mouth Podcast employ a different approach. Wall-to-wall -wall filthy f***ing language. Go to a grocery store, I'm like, I know exactly what I need. I get in there, I'm like, Yeah, <laughs> the f*** yeah. did I even come here for? With our charity swear jar, every f***ed up utterance from our unfettered gobs is a dime in the right direction. The motherfucker's a mouth breather. Gaming, movies, life musings, it's all here. Served on a bed of f***s and garnished with a crown of Shut the f*** up! How the f*** did we get here? F*** all that f***ing jelly bean! So if you want to hear us do good things with bad words, check out the Watch Your Mouth podcast on iTunes. SoundCloud, Facebook, or online at WIMpodcast.com. And remember, swearing is caring, so watch your mouth. All right, welcome back. So if you don't remember, last week our question was, which criminal would you like to see a movie made about? I brought this question up because I had no other good ones, and Gotti was released last week. And actually, I just got a notice 
that a new Venom trailer came out, and it's not, I, I don't really call it a new trailer, it's a new teaser, really. Uh, it shows a lot of scenes we've we've already seen. It shows it doesn't show us much in the way of anything new. It just kind of repackaged stuff we've seen before. And you know what? It still looks good. And we also got a new trailer for The Meg. That is a movie coming out on, let me see, I believe August 10th. And this is the Super Shark movie with Jason Statham and a bunch of other people in it. It still looks really stupid, and I cannot wait. It's going to be so much fun. But with that, let's jump into the question of the week. We have an answer I missed last week from Ryan. Actually, sorry, I won't use your real name. Um, Rye Wizard. If you remember last week, the question was, what is your favorite film based on a true story? And he answered, Tora, Tora, Tora. A wonderful film with two different film crews to adequately portray both sides. So, Rye Wizard, if you are listening, I'm sorry I missed your answer from last week, but I hope I made up for it. And hey, Critter, at least it wasn't you this time, because your answer is right here. So remember, the question is, what famous criminal, villain, or, you know, anyone real would you like to see a movie about? And he says, I'd like to see a biopic about these super bad dudes that did some arguably great things, like Genghis Khan or someone like Vlad the Impaler, and not turn it into a vampire thing. His Catholic background is interesting considering his horrible reputation for torture. And yes, that is very interesting. And I would definitely watch that. I would. So let's turn it into a a Vlad the Impaler movie and not Dracula Untold, which, okay, I, I'll be honest. I liked Dracula Untold. I thought it was entertaining. It was dumb but entertaining. And th that's really my defense, isn't it? For movies that aren't great, but I still like. I mean, it's dumb, but it's good. And we all have movies like that. And that's one of mine. But yes, Critter, good answers. We go on to see an answer from Brian Q, who says, I would watch a movie about Stalin or Lenin. Shoot it very Soviet-era propaganda style, but give a peek behind the Iron Curtain. Pol Pot fascinates me. Wouldn't mind watching that. Movie about the rape of Nanking. H.H. Holmes, period, peace, preferably through his eyes. And those are all good. I would definitely be down to see some very stylized Stalin or Lenin movie filmed exactly the way you say it. I think it would be really good. Now, besides for Anne and besides for my answer, of course, I think that's it because I'm looking on SoundCloud, nothing there, looking through Twitter again, Instagram, nothing there, Facebook page, website. So I don't think there's anything else. So if I missed your answer, I'm sorry, and hit me up and scold me profusely. Oh, this just in from Frat Matt. He says, a really good Jack the Ripper movie. And I'm clicking like right now. Boop. And so I, I paused and I just looked over a list of movies and TV shows that, that have mentioned or are about Jack the Ripper. And they're really isn't a lot. I mean, this list uh, someone put together had to dive deep enough to include episodes of Futurama, Detective Conan, but it seems like the best one really is From Hell, the uh, John Depp, Heather Graham movie. And you know what? I liked From Hell for what it was, but yeah, I agree. We should get a really good Jack the Ripper movie. Oh, but of course we have Gotham by Gaslight, the new animated Batman movie where Batman goes up against Jack the Ripper. So I, actually, I'm sorry, Frat Matt, we have the best one now. It's Gotham by Gaslight. All right, now let's get into the answers from here at home. Anne answered, and she would like a movie based on the people in the cult. So like the women in the cult of <laughs> Jack the Ripper, of Charles Manson. The idea came to her because she read a novel by Emma Klein called The Girls. And it's basically about this girl who joins this cult in the 60s because she wants to belong 
And guess what? There's this enigmatic and charismatic leader. And guess what? There's more going on than she knows. Because it's not like every person that was involved with Charles Manson knew what was going on. Some of them thought they were just stealing So it'd be interesting to see a movie from the point of view of someone who was a follower, but who wasn't down, down or wasn't informed with all of the, you know, murder. And for my answer, I'm going to kind of cheat because, well, he, the guy was a criminal, but this is technically would be, uh, it'd be classified as a World War II movie. I would like to see a movie on Erwin Rommel, the Desert Fox. He, of course, was the field marshal for the uh, the Nazi army that was placed in Africa, and he was part of the Panzer, I think that's what they call Panzer Division? Hold on. 7th Panzer Division in Africa. So what's the most famous movie that even deals with World War II in Africa? Patton, of course, with uh, George C. Scott. That was back in 1970. And other than that, there's not a lot. There's a movie called The Desert Fox. There was some movie called Oh Sahara with Humphrey Bogart. I guess you can I guess you can count that. Okay, let me look it up because I've never seen this. After the fall of Tobruk in 1942. Yeah, there we go. Okay, that would work. But I would like to see a new one. Let let's let's do it again. We have new and fantastic World War II movies. Just in the past year, we've had Dunkirk and we've had Hacksaw Ridge. Our, Hacksaw Ridge may have been a couple years, but fantastic movies. Let's do this again, shall we? Either that or how about an updated Al Capone movie? That would be cool. L let's not remake Untouchables, though. Let's just have it be about Al Capone and not necessarily about Elliot Ness and all that. But anyway, it is time for a new question of the week. So I'm going to pause so I can think of one because I have no f***ing clue. I'll be, I'll be right back. All right, Anne had an idea for me and I don't think I've done it. And if I have, then here's a chance to answer again. Because I don't really know if I've done it because I know what my answer would be. And I know I've talked about that movie a lot, but have I done it in that context? Okay, here we go. What movie? had a really shitty trailer that you ended up liking. So what movie at the bad trailer was actually good? Well, that is it for this episode of Future Flicks with Billiam. We'll be back next week. Same movie time, same movie channel. Well, not channel, you know, but podcast app, SoundCloud, all that good stuff. Let's get into the final bit of housekeeping. You can find me on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and any podcast app, as well as the Somewhat Nerdy website, that's somewhatnerdy.com. I'd really appreciate it if you take a few minutes out of your day to give the podcast a rating, and we would like all of the stars. If I had Danger's sultry voice, I'd say it like him. All the stars. That was the best I can do. But anyway, leave a comment. Answer the question of the week. Tell me what's up. Say, hey, have you seen this movie? Brian Q does that all the time. I have an ever-growing list of movies that never seems to shrink. One day it will, I promise. And how do you reach me? That's a great question. Leave a comment for me on the Summit Nerdy website or Facebook page. Leave a comment on SoundCloud. Hit me up on Twitter and Instagram at BilliamSWN. Email me at BilliamReviews at gmail.com. Be sure to check out the Somewhat Nerdy Radio and Nerds of the Squared Circle podcasts also on the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. Don't forget to check out the Watch Mouth Podcast, good friends of the show. Also, look at the Somewhat Nerdy website for all of our latest blogs and news. And finally, my dear friends, my dear, dear listeners, my future fans, please remember that no matter where life takes you, no matter what your week has in store, just take some time to catch a flick. I'm Billiam from Somewhat Nerdy signing off, and I'll see you in the future. <laughs>